L-A-S-I-K, LASIK.com. Have you been thinking about LASIK but not sure if you're a candidate? Just go to LASIK.com slash quiz and take our free candidacy quiz. In just a few minutes, you'll know if LASIK is likely right for you. And if it is, we'll connect you with experienced LASIK doctors in your area. Start your journey towards 2020 vision. Take our free candidacy quiz at LASIK.com slash quiz. Yeah, LASIK.com. Easy to remember, so you know where to start. L-A-S-I-K, LASIK.com. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. There's a lot happening these days, but I have just the thing to get you up to speed on what matters without taking too much of your time. The 7 from the Washington Post is a podcast that gives you the seven most important and interesting stories, and we always try to save room for something fun. You get it all in about seven minutes or less. I'm Hannah Jewell. I'll get you caught up with The 7 every weekday. So follow The 7 right now. Uh. Check it out now. Uh. No doubt now. Monday morning, July 15th, 2019, the Beating the Book podcast, Gil Alexander. It is mid-July, and therefore, time to talk football, college football. In this instance, Chris Felica, the Bear from ESPN's College Game Day, also Daily Wager, and the Stanford Steve and the Bear podcast, joins us to talk about no fewer than eight, actually make it nine, different season win totals, his nine favorite that are out there. I actually end up aligning with four of them. Nine season win totals. Chris Felica's best right here on the Beating the Book podcast. Enjoy. to a numbers game with your host Gil Alexander broadcasting live from our VSIN studios in Las Vegas back on a numbers game with sports betting analytics live actionable sports betting information Gil Alexander talk a little college football uh, first time we're talking season win totals we got a bunch of them today to talk about uh, with our friend from ESPN's Daily Wager of course the glue that keeps game day together and the Stanford Steve and the Bear podcast ladies and gentlemen back on the show it's our friend Chris Valika good morning Chris Good, good morning, Gil. Well, welcome back from vacation. And before we get into, before we get into these win totals and, and everything else, I just want to—he uh, uh, might be listening, so we just want to uh, give give Chris Andrews a shout out. Um, hope he uh, is doing well. And the reason I say that is because a lot of times I think a lot of people uh, think some of these Las Vegas odd makers, these Las Vegas uh, bookmakers, might the rumors are oh they just copy offshore odds and they just put them up well. Uh, let, let, let me say this. We're, we're, we're today on this show, we're going to be talking about all of these power five conference win totals. The, first, the only guy out there, the first guy out there, I should say, that puts up these Mac and Conference USA and Sunbelt totals that I saw was Chris Andrews. I haven't seen any out there this year at all. Uh, and I think that's a, a, a testament to the, 
to him just being great at his task and trusting his power ratings and trusting his numbers. And uh, I could be wrong. Maybe they do exist somewhere, but I'm still waiting to see those that first batch of uh, Conference USA, Max, Sunbelt, all those good win totals that we uh, like to play into. So we're going to be talking some Power 5 today, but hopefully we'll get some of those uh, other Group of 5 conferences at some point in the future. But uh, first and foremost, we hope uh, Chris is doing well. Uh, I appreciate you saying that. First of all, this on a year, everything you said about Chrissy on a year, what he said, he's, he apologized. Remember, he apologized to folks that he yeah, wouldn't like be he able to, to get. Apologize. Yeah, that's the first thing I said to him. Like, you need to apologize to us. Um, on a year where he said he probably couldn't get to a lot of stuff. Uh, and for those, and I'm glad you bring it up and let me not leave that hanging. Uh, Pam, uh, Chrissy's wife, tweeting this weekend that Chris was undergoing the transplant. Uh, he did so uh, this weekend. I spoke with him beforehand. And he was playing gin with <laughs> 90 minutes before the transplant. <laughs> he was playing gin uh, with his wife, Pam. She pointed that out as well. She said, with every poke, prod, injection, and infusion, he remains himself funny and smart, up on the action, close with his family and friends, kicking my butt at gin. I couldn't be more proud of him. And I spoke to him. He was in great spirits uh, beforehand. And so now it is a... Um, it's like a waiting period. Hopefully everything processes well and his body, uh, accepts what is happening and, um, you know, so far so good. And, um, what a fighter that kid is. What a fighter. Seriously. Uh, so we all wish both Chrissy and Pam the best and, uh, Chrissy will be on the show as soon as he can. Let's put it that way. But, uh, he's going through some more treatment today. So couldn't be on today. That will be in due course. So, uh, Mr. Felica, sir, let's start with some high-profile teams. How about that? Want to go there? Let's do it. All right. Absolutely. Let's go to the SEC. Wherever you want to go. Let's go to the SEC. The SEC, let, let's not have any debates this year. Best conference in football, no doubt about it. <laughs> oh, let's not flash that up. Let's take that off the screen because I, I want people to be able to listen to it. I don't want to give away the answers yet. Um, let's start with the Florida Gators. Um, the number is nine on the Gators. You and I align on this one. Um, we both like the under, I'll give away that one first. And I guess if you talk about Florida, you're going to expect good things from the defense. Yes. There's some, there, there's some folks they got to replace, but you're still going to expect good things from the defense under Dan Mullen. It's the offense. Can they replace the guys they're losing on the line? And then I guess a lot of this calculus has to come down to how do you feel about Felipe Franks? Yeah, I, I, and Dan Mullen did an unbelievable job with him last year, really getting uh, a, a lot out of him. I think a lot more than people thought he would. And you win ten games last year. I mean, you just you hit on the offensive line. That that is something uh, in the SEC you really don't want to go into a year uh, with, with an experience in the offensive line, especially early in. I mean, look, they did a great job last year winning all of the close games. They were three and zero in games decided by a touchdown or less. If you include that Vandy game, which was really a touchdown or less, they won four close games. They were plus twelve in turnovers, so they were very fortunate in, in, in that regard. And, and you just go down the schedule. Uh, they might be a better team this year, but you got Miami and Georgia away from home. You've got road games at LSU, South Carolina, and Missouri. And you certainly can't chalk up wings at South Carolina and Missouri uh, if you're Florida. And you still got home games against Auburn and Florida State, who talent-wise are right there with Florida. So uh, assume Florida wins those other five games, and that includes beating Kentucky and beating Tennessee, who both will be better this year, but Florida has pretty much controlled those series lately. So assume that they win those five games and they're 5-0. and they got to build 5-2 and in those other seven games to beat you. I don't see that happening. I mean, landing on nine is a possibility, but I'm going to go into the year 
assuming a loss at Georgia, assuming a loss, assuming a loss to Georgia and Jacksonville, uh, assuming a loss at LSU, and, and I think they drop two of those other uh, of those other games. And I think eight and four is a really likely scenario for Florida. And I think it's interesting because they're one of those teams this year. I've done a, a bunch of shows already this year, and it seems like every show I've done. People have been like, look out for Florida this year in the East. They think they can really compete with Georgia. It seems like the Gators are one of those teams that have gotten a lot of, a lot of hype, a lot of them, and rightfully so for what they did last year. But I think, you know how it goes with recent key bias a lot. I, I think a lot of people are thinking back to that ball game against Michigan where they absolutely annihilated Michigan. And you got to remember the circumstances of that game. I, you, you hate bringing it up, but there's something to it. Michigan, a bunch of guys sat out getting ready for the draft. Uh, Wolverines were coming off a game where they got annihilated by Ohio State. They thought they were going to go to the Big Ten Championship game. Uh, they're not. The circumstances of that game changed. It was Dan Mullen and Florida's chance to, to blow out Jim Harbaugh and, and, and make a statement. So uh, there were a lot of circumstances in that ball game that went in Florida's way and, and that has zero correlation to this year. So, yeah, I am a... I am with you on the under for Florida. Um, and and let me just rehash what you said about the schedule because you you know this always comes down to a uh, a snap schedule analysis. And what you said I think is is a hundred percent right. Miami in Orlando, Georgia in Jacksonville, Kentucky in Lexington. They got to win that one just for uh, moral purposes, right there. Uh, LSU in Baton Rouge, South Carolina in Columbia, Missouri in the other Columbia. Jeff Parles, the other Columbia. Um, and you're right. The early part of that schedule, even if you assume a win against Miami August 24th, and by the way, if they don't win that one, uh-oh. But let's just assume a yeah. win there. Let's say you're 5-0. and The rest of the schedule, Auburn at LSU, out at South Carolina, open date, Georgia in Jacksonville, Vandy at home at Mizzou, open date, Florida State. Ten wins is asking for a lot. And so at nine, to me, this is one of these bets where you look at it and you're like, this is a push or a win for me on the under. Yeah, and that's how I like to approach a lot of these win totals. Is I like to look for worst-case scenario push, and I think that's the case here. Yeah, okay, let's move on. By the way, and let me just clarify with season win totals in college football, for those who don't know, does not include bowl games, does not include a team getting to their conference championship. This is your regular season games only. Let us get to... Notre Dame, another one that you and I are aligned on. Notre Dame, the number here is nine and a half. Uh, and I just want to quickly, I'm just looking at some names here. No Dexter Williams, no Julian Love. Uh, let me look at more. No Tivon Coney, no Jerry Tillery, no Drew Tranquil, no Elise Mag, no Justin Yoon, no Miles Boykin. And then you got three giant road games at Georgia, at Michigan, at Stanford. You trying to beat nine and a half? Give me the under all day. Yeah, there are nines out there, and then there are nine and a half. There's a nine and a half out there that I've seen as well. You're laying a little more juice, but you're right. You look at every level of that defense. Uh, Tillery on the defensive line, Coney at linebacker, Lovin Tranquil uh, in, in the secondary. Those are those are massive losses for Clark Lee uh, and that defense. You look at the offense, even with Dexter Williams, they weren't a great uh, running team last year, and now you have Miles Boykin, who was your big threat uh Big play, deep wide receiver, deep deep, deep right wide receiver. Uh, he's gone. I'd be curious to see how Ian Book uh, responds with a uh, uh, having to find a new really big play threat uh, out there wide receiver. And you, and you look last year and going twelve and over regular season, they won five one score games. So again, this is a team that 
won a lot of close games against some teams that, I mean, they, they survived the game against Vandy, you know, and they survived the game against SC, who really was, was not very good this year. Uh, th- there were games that Notre Dame very easily could have lost. And again, uh, I'm, again, I'm going to assume they lose at Michigan and they lose at Georgia. They're probably going to be, I would say, a significant underdog in, in both places. So let's say they drop those two games. Are they going to run the table, winning at Stanford, beating SC, who was in the game with them last year? They got to play Virginia. They got to play Virginia Tech. They have to play Duke, who typically plays well as an underdog with David Cutcliffe. And the way the schedule sets up for Notre Dame in November, Virginia Tech, Duke, Navy, and Boston College all in a row. Every single one of those opponents has the week off before they play Notre Dame, and Notre Dame plays every week prior to that game. At that point in the year, a week of rest could mean the world for potentially pulling an upset. So uh, I think, again, just like Florida, I think 10-2 and two is going to be really, really hard to come by. But unlike Florida, at 9.5, laying a little bit of extra juice, uh, I think 9-3 and three is a really likely outcome in a winner. Yeah, and also last year, too, right? It was a very, very down USC team they played. Virginia Tech wasn't all that great. Florida State was a mess. Stanford was a home game. They, they caught every possible break in that mm-hmm. schedule, and it just doesn't happen uh, every year like that. And I also just anecdotally, I think about Ian Book, and I think about uh, his ability to – they just seem to come up with plays. You know, I talked moments ago about how Djokovic got the, the key points against – all the key points against Federer, even though Federer won more overall points. For me, just anecdotally about Notre Dame last year, Ian Book just seemed to make the key plays when they needed it. And I don't know how sustainable that, that, that is. And then the bill came doing the uh, college football playoffs. That's right. That's right. Pretty much the best way to talk about the year. The bill came due. Uh, let's go to break. Let's do a couple more. We'll talk about Texas on the way. We'll do that um, and some more. Some more high-profile and a little less-profile teams trying to get to 8 and all right here. College football season win totals with Chris Felica on a numbers game at VEASAN. Now, back to a numbers game with your host, Gil Alexander, broadcasting live from our VEASAN studios in Las Vegas. Back on a numbers game right here at VEASAN. Gil Alexander back in tow. Hope you're having a good summer. Jeff Parles is here as well. Uh, Jeff, what were you just talking about off-air there? You were talking about that uh, was the Westgate. Just went to, uh, what did they go to on Clemson and Alabama to make the playoff? One to six, so minus 600. Minus 600. And I was mentioning to you, and I probably shouldn't even say this on air because it's not available anywhere, but some rogue out somewhere, I got a minus 300. I was like, how much will you take on Clemson? How much? Max the heck out of that. There is, I mean, seriously, unless there is a, a scourge of injuries, that is a... As about as good as it gets. For what it's worth, Alabama's now down to minus 400 on the yes, and Clemson's now down to minus 500 on the yes. Well, it's not worth much to me right there. I like it. <laughs> um, by the way, Chris uh, Felica and I, last year, we got Clemson. You remember this, uh, Chris? Last year, we got Clemson to make the <laughs> oh, playoff yes, at plus money. Remember that? At the Westgate when they opened, yeah, plus 125. I was going to say, you talk about the perfect, the perfect timing for Gill Award to be at the right place at the right time over there when they put those up. You know, this is, uh, this is my, my other job since moving to Las Vegas that I didn't anticipate, is that <laughs> I become a, uh, hey, uh, there's a good bet here over here. So, you know, it works out. Um, and we all, get, uh, we all get in on that. Let us continue with but, our season win. He, yeah, go he, ahead. He, even, at, even at minus 400 or minus 500, whatever uh, uh, just said uh, Clemson was, I they're going to make the playoffs. Yes. If you're, if you're into just letting the good people at the Westgate uh, Superbook USA hold on to 
some money for a couple of months and you want to get what 16 17 20 percent on your money i guess it what it works out to for uh for, for three or four months then 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 take it yeah you're betting against injury that's all you're betting against um yeah. and by the way we should point out and i said this off air too i should probably start any college football season win total discussion with saying of all the season win totals across the major american sports this is the shortest time you have to wait, right, for that to cash. We're talking just a few months here with college football. You can cash these in early December. So uh, that's why we enjoy talking about them so much. Let us move to Ohio State, Chris, uh, in the Big Ten. Obviously, the change at head coach. It is Ryan Day's team. How do you feel about the Buckeyes at nine and a half? At nine and a half, I just have a hard time imagining Ohio State going nine and three. Uh, the only time they've lost that many games in the regular season, going back to the last however many years, was the the transition year where Tressel got uh, had to resign because of the suspensions and everything. But I think, but I, I don't want to say losing Urban Meyer is a great thing and they're going to be better off without Urban Meyer. But I want like you know back over the last five years, every year they've had that head scratching, mind numbing kind of loss where. They've been a 12-point favorite or more, uh, lost outright, and, and it's just been like, how the heck did they lose that game? I almost think Ryan Day being there might help Ohio State in that regard because Urban, as great of a head coach as he was, his biggest strength and his attribute was getting his team emotionally ready to play when people doubted them, when he had uh, something he could cry, oh, they don't think you can be, oh, you're a home underdog on your home field in its mission. Oh, you're a big underdog to Ohio State in the CF, but no one thinks you can do it. He was a great at getting players to reach an emotional peak and play well. I think people forget last year, sure, the schedule was easier at that point in the year. Ohio State played their best football earlier in the year when Ryan Day was the interim head coach. Now, of course, they were the underdog against Michigan, but other than that game, you look at the receipt, but they played their best ball when Ryan Day was the head coach. Uh, if you look at for Ohio State to go nine and three, they're going to have to lose at Nebraska, they're going to have to lose at Michigan, and then they're going to have to drop one of those other games, whether it's Michigan State, Penn State, or Wisconsin at home. I or Northwestern, something like that, at Northwestern. Yeah, something yeah exactly. Like that. They still have more. They still have more talent than any team. Uh, in, in the Big Ten, so uh, and, and you know what? If they happen to be nine and two going into that game against Michigan at the end of the year, and they and they go to Ann Arbor, you could probably get get off that some some way. And, and the money line Michigan to just kind of cut cut your losses in a, in a way. So uh, I, I I just think they're talent wise, they're head and shoulders of everybody in that conference, and it's just a question of whether. Uh, they can avoid one of those big ups, which I think they can. It's interesting. I'm with you on the Florida under. I'm with you on the under on Notre Dame, which we discussed last segment. I'm not disagreeing with you here, but something is preventing me from wanting to make this bet on the over with you. And I don't know if it's the Justin Fields factor that I don't yet mm-hmm. trust him. Uh, I don't know if it's right. the fact that there was the 2017 Iowa game, there was the 2018 <laughs> Purdue game, and I just expect there's going to be one clunker. Which, but by the way, you had a very interesting take on that, that you think Ryan Day is actually a better coach to prevent that than Urban Meyer for the reasons you, you give, you've given, <laughs> you know, which is interesting. I, I do think you know Florida Atlantic and Cincinnati to start the season, if those games were on the road – I'd be much more concerned, right? They get those at home. So, mm-hmm. so that's, a, that's a plus for sure. 
I just I worry about you know the the other games we talked about. I just think there's a third loss in there. I just have this weird feeling. It could there could be and and you brought up Justin Fields and certainly a highly talented guy and whether you think he should be at Ohio State and eligible this year or not is another thing. But there's still I don't want to sound like crass or like blunt, but I, I still think a lot in a lot of people's minds and it sounds like yours. The question is. Is Justin Fields actually good? Right. And maybe he is, but we just don't know that yet, yeah. right? We just don't know it yet. Uh, let's move on to Texas. Texas, nine and a half is their number uh, under head coach Tom Herman. Uh, if you bet against Texas last year in any in so many of their games, it was such an experience in, frusta- in frustration because Sam Ellinger, <laughs> at least after the Maryland game, let's throw the Maryland game out to start the season, but after that, he was just such nails. 65% passing uh, last year, 3,296 yards, 25 touchdowns. He finished third on the team in rushing as well with 482 yards and an additional 16 touchdowns. And he was so automatic on third downs, man. It was unbelievable whether it was a design running play or not. Uh, they were incredible in that regard. I don't think you want him to shoulder that much of the load again, though, right? You're begging for an injury if that's the case. Uh, Texas at nine and a half. Which way are you going here? If you can still find a nine and a half out there, there was nine. There were nine and a half out there a little bit ago. I don't know if there still are nine and a half. If there are, I would go under. Uh, nine is a little bit of a tougher number because I think nine and three is a really good option. But 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 again, you're looking at Texas last year. So many one possession games um, uh, that, that that they won, and then they, and then they lost a couple of them. But kind of like Florida, in, in a sense, I think everybody got so excited, and they, they had that flashback to to Joe Tess a couple of years ago on Sunday night, and Texas is back, and they wind up having a losing season or six and six, whatever it was. And people see Sam Ellinger back at quarterback, and and Ingram back at running back, and but I think you're forgetting that. You lose a lot of offensive line production. You've got LSU coming in early in the year. Uh, your defense, I believe it's seven of the top eight tacklers uh, that, that are gone for Texas. This is a team that's won 10 games in the regular season. Uh, they haven't done it since 2009 when they played for the national title. And I think just like Florida, that Georgia game sticks in their mind like, oh, the big upset over Georgia. But again, you're talking about care. Georgia, who yeah. came off of that game against Alabama and the F- and people don't want to hear that. The team that won, they don't want to hear that. But it's true. If you put truth serum, like you say, in any of those coaches, uh, Kirby Smart or Gus Malzahn, they, they would tell you their 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 teams were were flat. You had guys sitting out for the draft, and it, it, it just wasn't a good. Rate. And credit to Texas for going out and making a statement and winning the game. But again. You should not be handicapping Texas's success for 2019 based on beating Georgia in the Circle Bowl. They'll probably there'll be another dog against LSU. There'll be another dog against Oklahoma. And then I think the two games back to back late in the year at Iowa State and at Baylor. There's a really good. I think they'll lose at least one of those games. Yeah, I'm with you on this one too, Chris. Uh, again, Ohio State's the one I sort of, of the ones we've discussed, that's the one I'm not jumping in on. But I like the under on Texas. And by the way, Jeff, you were saying nine and a halfs are still readily available, although the under's a bit juiced. Minus 140 at uh, Superbook right Okay, now. so not crazy fine. juiced, that's but fine. that's fine. Minus 140 at nine and a half. And again, we, we do the old schedule analysis here, Chris, and I look at this schedule, and I don't know, I mean, first part of the season, there's Oklahoma State at home, and there's Oklahoma in Dallas through early October. 
Um, there's also LSU in the first part of that. Let's say you end up, let, let's, give them, let's give them the benefit of the doubt, one loss there. Um, and that's really being kind. Then later, oh, no, excuse me. Let's, let's throw in, I'm sorry, let's say LSU at home and Oklahoma State at home. That's in September. Let, let's, say, let's say they split those. Then there's Oklahoma and Dallas, and there's at TCU in October. Let's say they split those. Then you're asking them not to lose ever again. And I'm just, yep. I'm, I'll play the under on nine and a half, no problem on that. If I just look at it that way, yeah, Bill Connolly does that great uh, study on the returning production for for major for major. But everyone, there isn't a Power Five team out there that lost more production from last year than Texas. So, wow. I'll, 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 I'll take my chances. Yeah, let's let's let that hang for Bill Connolly. By the way, with the tacklers that you were talking about, the numbers I have: four of their top five tacklers, seven of their top twelve gone. Either way you slice it, a lot to replace. Let's take a break. Chris, you want to do one more? We'll get to some more of these. Hang well, around. Absolutely. Well, I, I can hang around as long as you want. All right. Well, maybe we'll do two more segments. We'll get to more, a little less pro, uh, high-profile teams. We'll get a little more random. I think there's one more that I'm aligned with uh, with Chris, and then there's a couple, there's a few others where we'll ask him to uh, find out what his thinking is on these. We'll ask him to explain that. Coming up, more college football season win totals back on a Monday right here on a numbers game at VEASAN. Broadcasting live from our VSIN studios in Las Vegas. Back on a numbers game, Jeff Pauls. Did you see? Uh, did you see it while I was gone that uh, someone uh, posted something uh, praiseworthy uh, that I said on on the show about two months ago, and then <laughs> gambling Twitter for two days was consumed by it. And I'm like on a beach observing all this, and I'm just dying laughing the whole time. And in the end, the people who were like up in arms, they all capitulated. It's a beautiful thing. Drunk with power. Gotta love Twitter. By the way, at Beating the Book is my Twitter. All the feedback on the show, please uh, feel free to uh, send it there. We're going to definitely have to podcast this with uh, Mr. Felica because this is good stuff. All these college football season win totals. In case you're just joining us right now from Daily Wager on ESPN, which airs 3 p.m. Pacific, 6 p.m. Eastern, Monday through Friday on ESPN News currently. Um, and, of course, he's half of the Stanford Steve and the Bear podcast, as well as the glue that holds ESPN's college game day together. By the way, Chris, do you have your game day schedule intact? It's Chris Velika, by the way, everybody. Uh, I, 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 think it's, I think if you look at the early season schedule, you can probably uh, figure yes. it out. We haven't officially yeah. announced anything yet, but uh, I, I think it's pretty obvious. Hey, if you're looking for some content for the uh, next couple of days or something, you might want to see if you can get maybe uh, – Mark Borchardt or uh, Paul Spore or Jason Weingart do some type of study on some analytical study on why load management for uh, Christian Yelich and the Brewers would be a, a good thing <laughs> yes. as, we, as, we, as we finish up the, the, the and then no no day games after night games uh, <laughs> uh, sitting in some, something something like that. What Chris maybe, is re- maybe have them do a little study on that. What Chris is referring to is that both of us hold tickets on Cody Bellinger. Uh, at very fine prices, by the way. What was yours? Eighty to one? Is that what you had on the show? 80, yeah. Oh my yeah, god. To one, yep. Mine is fifty to one. I thought I was doing something on Bellinger hitting the most home runs in Major League Baseball. And and the other day, two days ago, Bellinger ties Yelich atop the lead. We couldn't even enjoy it for twenty four hours. Yelich hits another ding dong yesterday. So yeah, um, let's do a study on that. And let's try to let's try to figure out <laughs> how the Brewers should really rest him as much as they can. Let's move on. College football season win totals. We already have, and we'll review these here at the end, but we already have unders on Florida, Notre Dame, and Texas. I'm aligned on all that. Chris is going over on Ohio State. Let us go to the Pac-12. Ah, the Pac-12, Chris. Um, Aaron Rodgers and uh, Jared Goff are rolling over in their 
college football graves when I say <laughs> this team is all about their defense and their offense is terrible. Like, this is just unbelievable that this is Cal we're talking about. But that's really what this team is under Justin Wilcox. And while I think the defense is going to be wonderful, I look at that offense and I'm thinking to myself, Chase Garbers might be the best player on that offense. And that's not saying a lot. Yeah, I, I, this is one at six where at I don't six, know yes. how they get to seven. I, I don't know how they get This would be one that I would honestly, I don't want to say to be disappointed with the push, but I, I, I expect to win this one. Uh, are they really going to be better on offense? You, you lose your leading running, running back. Uh, you lose your top four receivers. But you've got road games in Washington, Ole Miss, Oregon, Utah, Stanford, and UCLA. I mean, that, that's potentially five losses right there. You got three wins last year by a field goal or less, including being beating one of the worst USC teams in recent memory, a massive upset of Washington. I, 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 don't, I, don't, see, I don't see seven wins at all, and, and I would actually be a little bit sad if they wound up uh, winning six as well. But I, I think this is a, uh, one of the stronger ones. I, I would think five and seven is a uh, – a really, really likely outcome. Yeah, they, they beat North Carolina last year as well in the non-conference. But I mean, you, you, you go to Washington, you're not going to lose. I mean, our, our football power index uh, projects them at, at 4.8. So I mean, you got you got some wood over them here. I, I think with the Bears, so I go uh, under the five pretty, or under the six rather pretty strongly. Let me let me echo what you say here with even more strong words. I would, yeah, you said you'd be surprised <laughs> to get him to six. I, I uh, to seven. I would be surprised to get him to six. I'm with you there completely. This to me, in fact might be, you ready for this superlative, might be my favorite college football season win total of the bet. Florida's pretty strong, the under on Florida. I like that a lot, but I might like this one just as much because, again, the schedule analysis, let's just look at these games they play. You're, obviously, they play UC Davis to start with. That's their easiest game. Chalk it up at 1-0. But if you look, what's their second easiest game on this entire schedule? It might North be Texas, North Texas, probably. Right, North Texas. And North Texas, like, could contend for the Conference USA title. Correct. That's not outlandish. So, good Lord, that's your second That's your second easiest game? Yeah. Give me the under. Give me the under on Cal. Let's move on. Let's go to, uh, let's go to Georgia Tech. This is an interesting one. Uh, Georgia Tech's number is at four under Jeff Collins. So, this is the post-Paul Johnson era. So, we have a... A schematic change here, right? No more triple option. They're going to try to just completely change their identity. How do you feel about the Yellow Jackets? I, I think by the end of the year, this will be a team that is pretty, pretty respectable. I, I do think that that with Jeff Collins, they will be competitive and they and they will give uh, a, a ton of effort. And they might not necessarily be uh, complete pushovers, but uh, you're looking at a really young team uh, with, with a bunch of freshmen and sophomores, total transition. I mean, even if Paul Johnson was gone, uh, hadn't left rather, they, they were going to have a, a bunch of new starters, but now you've got new starters in a, in a system that they weren't uh, recruited, recruited to play in. Uh, I, I just don't see five wins here at all. I, I, I love Jeff Collins. And I think, he is going to do a really, really good job uh, recruiting there and eventually getting them to uh, 
to, to, to bowl respectability, but uh, you're going to start the year right up the bang with the blowout loss against Clemson. You've got a game against South Florida with Charlie Strong being maybe potentially on the hot seat uh, later. Uh, and then you go to Temple, and I'm sure Temple's going to want to beat their old coach, which is fine, but uh, I just see a lot of a lot of losses on that schedule. There. I mean, you're, you're going to be a significant underdog in the majority of those games. If you, if you can get to if you can get to five and beat me, so be it. But I mean, I, I, other than the Citadel, I mean, I don't see a game on there that you could automatically say they're going to win. I think you're right about that. We're talking to Chris Felica, by the way, once again here, talking about Georgia Tech's season win total at four. Um, I'll play devil's advocate on this one because this feels pushy to me. Like, I wish I could bet on the mm-hmm. push here at four. And I'll just take the other side of this, which is you point out, okay, Citadel, there's, there's a win, right? But that USF game, that's no gimme, but winnable at Temple. Obviously, uh, there's going to be, you know, that goes both ways in terms of who wants to beat who, Jeff Collins or Temple themselves. And then there's North Carolina October 5th. And so I'm just thinking to myself, let's say somehow they come out of that. It is not completely outlandish to think that they might win three of those. Not outlandish. It's going to be no, not at all. Right. So then you're only asking for one more win the rest of the way, and I just don't want to have that bet, you know, to have sure. to live through that the rest of the year. That would be my point on that. Totally, totally understand. I think, I think this is one of those where, yeah, I'm probably, I'm not expecting five. I think there's a much better chance of three than there is five, but four, like you said, four could be the most likely outcome. But I'll, I'll, I'll take my chances that they, uh, they have some early season struggles, and then later in the year when they're better, unfortunately, they go to Virginia, they play Virginia Tech, and then they play Georgia. So I, I, I think they go to Miami as well and Duke. So I, I think early in the year, are there more winnable games? And even though they're going to be better later in the year, I think those they're, they're going to improve to a point where they're likely to exceed that win total later in the year. All right, Jeff, you like this one. You, you're with Chris on this, on the under with Georgia Tech. Yeah, even though you are right from what you said on that schedule, it is, other than getting obliterated at Death Valley week one, that's going to be vicious. Right. Uh, but look, there are winnable games at the top of that schedule, but... Going through the uh, the offensive transformation, they're going to have to go through. That's a lot to ask, uh, and uh, you're at four, four and eight seems like a very possible outcome. So, worst case scenario, you push. I, I like this one a lot. Okay, um, so I'm I'm staying off the Ohio State. Not that I disagree with any of these. I just don't. I just they don't trigger a bet for me. So I'm not going to do the Ohio State one so far. I'm not on the Georgia Tech one. Um, am I on everything else? Of the of the yeah, I'm Florida on. The, on I'm on Cal, the other, you're on Notre Dame. You're on yeah. Yeah, all the the other four: Cal, Florida, Notre Dame, and Texas. I'm on all those. Uh, we have two more. Chris, do you want to stay for one more segment and finish it all out, or you want to save it for Wednesday? Why not? Let's stick not? around. I'll hog your airtime. That's fine. Let's do it. Let's make a podcast out of it. For God's sakes, let's go multimedia. <laughs> Chris Felica, one more segment. We have two more teams to get to. His best college football season win totals of the year, and we'll list them all for you at the end, I promise, in case you uh, you forgot about all that. Roxy Roxborough on the show still to come as well. It's a numbers game right here on the Vegas Stats and Information Network. Now, live from the v studios in the South Point Hotel and Casino, it's Gil Alexander. Hour number two of a numbers game right here at v the Vegas Stats and Information Network, Series XM Channel 204, v com, the v app, Fubo TV, Sling, as well as, of course, our friends Game Plus, North of the border, now throughout New York City as well, New Jersey, all up and down. 
the eastern, uh, the northern eastern seaboard, I should point out. It's Gil Alexander. Jeff Parles is here as well. Jeff and I are uh, laughing off air because we love football. Football just just makes itself, doesn't it? Just so much to talk about, pro and college. Uh, Chris Felica is with us, of course. We'll get to his final two college football season win totals of eight. Uh, to talk about. And then Chris will be back on Wednesday to talk the Open Championship with us. We should point out tomorrow on the show, Joe Pita in studio. Remember, he wrote that big book about the Masters. He'll be here to talk about the Open Championship uh, as well. Later on the show today, Roxy Roxborough, uh, always humbled by everybody coming on the show. Such great guests. And later in the week, of course, Todd Wishnev, Bill Krakenberger, you know how that goes. Let us continue with, oh, and one more thing coming up this hour, Jeff, I should point out. A harrowing picture from our friend Las Vegas, Chris. An overhead shot of the Palm Pools. Has anybody seen this? The pools at the Palm? Good Lord. My days, my, my heyday back in the Hard Rock, I used to take pictures from my hotel room, and it was just a sea of humanity. This trumps that. We'll get to that coming up as well. Uh, let us continue with Chris Felica. Chris, uh, thank you for uh, just hanging out with us. I appreciate it, man. Very kind of you. Sure. Let's go to Wake, Fo- Let's go to Wake Forest. Let's go ACC. Damon Deacons. Uh, they're at five and a half. Dave Clawson, the head coach. Now, it should be pointed out, this is not your mom and dad's uh, Wake Forest football. Uh, three bowl games in a row. The last time that Wake had put together three straight winning seasons before this was 2006 to 2008. Before that, 1950 through 1952. Who could forget that period? Um, and basically, the only time they've done it beyond three years in a row, and they're trying to do that this year, was in the 40s from 1943 to 1948. Now, I look at this schedule, and I'm curious which way you're going here, because when I look at this schedule, this schedule to me is the quintessential stay away, because I can see any number of scenarios with this schedule for Wake Forest. Which way are you going on? I'm going over the five and a half. Uh, I think there's a really good chance. It's funny, Stanford Steve jokes all the time about he loves playing win totals where he's going to know early. Yes. And we, we always have fun with that. You're going to know there's a good chance you could have this bet won uh, the second weekend in October because I think there's a chance that, that the Deeks could start 6-0. Uh, they, they play Rice, who's wow. arguably the worst team in the FBS. Uh, they play Elon mixed in there. They play North Carolina at home, who uh, is probably going to struggle in a really inexperienced quarterback position. they got a home game to start against Utah State, and Gary Anderson's back there. And yeah, Jordan Love is back at quarterback, but that's really it on offense. Uh, Louisville, they, they have, and, and who knows what to expect out of the Cardinals uh, year one with uh, Scott Satterfield. And then you got that game with BC as a toss-up game. Uh, I, I think at worst, you're looking at five and one from from Wake Forest through the six games. Uh, good chance of six and zero. Oh, and then if you can manage uh, one more win the rest of the way, if you're five and one. Uh, maybe NC State, maybe Florida State, maybe Duke, uh, maybe go to Syracuse and win. But, uh, I, I, I like the Duke this year. I, I think they have a difference maker as a quarterback, uh, regardless of whoever wins the job. Uh, if it's Duman or if it's Hartman, uh, Carney's back at running back. Uh, they kind of got their defensive issues squared away a little bit uh, late, late in the year last year. If they made some changes, at coordinator after Notre Dame absolutely torched them. Uh, but, but I, I I respect Dave Clawson and the coaching job that he can do. I, I, I like the direction of this program. Uh, I, I think six and six is a uh, uh, bare basement for, for this team. Like I said, I think, I think you're going to have at least five or one early. Uh, and if it's not six, and all, I, I, I think you do get uh, at least one more win. So I, I think six wins at the, 
at the very minimum for Wake Forest this year. You make a persuasive case, my friend. You make a persu- uh, persuasive case. Uh, road games, as you mentioned, at BC, at Vatech, at Clemson, at Syracuse. Those are the tough ones. Uh, you know, when you when you brought up your friend Stanford Steve, uh, your uh, your partner in crime on the podcast, the Stanford Steve and, and the Bear uh, podcast over there at ESPN, I thought you were going to say, because he loves to say, we'll know early. And it is really true that there are fulcrum games, what I like to call fulcrum games, that there's a game it could come down to. Like with Ohio State, I look at that schedule, and for some reason that game at Northwestern is the one where I'm like, that's going to be the decider, right? Something like that. I look at this Wake Forest schedule, and I thought you were going to say, based on what Stanford Steve said, that the very first game, August 30th, when Utah State comes to town, that that's going to be the barometer, right? If they drop that game, even though you say, you know, the rest it'll of those, be tough. it'll be tough, right? Like that's that outcome matters a lot, even though it's only going to be in August. It, it, it does. And then, and then you look back down the schedule and you try and find certain spots and situations and, the game at Virginia Tech, we think Virginia Tech's going to be good this year, but you just don't know. If you go back over the last four know. years, yeah. I think it is. So true. No team in, in, no team in the country uh, has lost more games as a 14-point favorite or more than Virginia Tech in that span. So this is a team, while you think they're going to be good in Lane Stadium, enter Sandman, it's a tough place to play, they've lost as a big favorite quite often. So, uh, so we'll see what happens. Well, and that's also, you know, we were talking about the Clemson number before about to make the playoffs, and I got a, I got a three to one. And now the prevailing number is six to one. And it just, you know, the ACC, Clemson is like, there is, there's not oceans between Clemson and the rest of the ACC, right? It's just like there's galaxies between them. <laughs> and if you take every, AC, every other ACC team second all the way to the bottom, just kind of throw them all up in the air and see what happens. I mean, am I missing something? No, I, I think you're right. I mean, I think you, right, regardless of the years that they had last year, uh, I think you asked most, most people who who is the second best team in the ACC, and you're probably going to get at least I would say talent wise, it's still Miami or Florida State in terms of the players that they have. Um, but but I mean, no one would say Pitt after I mean Pitt got absolutely. Uh, demolishing the title game last year. And it was kind of like a, a circumstantial like spot in the ACC title game, just because of uh, Miami uh, not being very good and just the way the tiebreakers went. So uh, yeah, you, you, you're right. I, I still think from like Miami, Florida state talent, two and three, maybe then Virginia tech four. And then like after that is probably, uh, it, it, it's just all throw it in a blender and come out with the ACC will of destiny. <laughs> and with that as a glowing backdrop, let's stay in the uh, ACC <laughs> Atlantic. Uh, let's go to Boston College. Six and a half is their number here. And I look at this schedule. Now, this is one of these schedules. And really, I mean, let's face it, this is always fun to, to analyze. But they have a perfectly, well, not perfectly, but they have a, if there was ever a pre-open date group of games. They have six games before their open date in mid-October. And those games are where they're going to have to bank as many wins as humanly possible. Because after that first open date, then it's NC State at Clemson, at Syracuse, Florida State, at Notre Dame, at Pitt. Good Lord. They got a gauntlet the second Mm -hmm. half. So they better bank wins early. And and I don't know if they bank enough wins. I mean, uh, yeah, I think the, the the Virginia Tech game and the Wake Forest games are swing games, but, I, but our, our football power index gives them just a 16% chance uh, to get to seven wins, and that's what it's going uh, to take to beat me. Uh, I, I think this looks very six and six to me. 
Uh, you look at everyone that they lost on defense, uh, and you got an inexperienced offensive line now who's going to have to try and keep Anthony Harris upright and block for A.J. Dillon. Uh, you mentioned the road games. I, I think this is 6-6 six and six and underwritten all over it. Under on Boston College. Very short and sweet. Under on BC. All right, shall yeah. we review? Oh, sorry, go ahead. Because there was one, there was one more that I want to kind of, and even the Louisville game I mentioned, I didn't mention, but I was talking maybe maybe going under on Louisville, and then I was thinking like, you know what? Last year could have been one of those things where they were just so bad that New Petrino was gone, and they just nailed it in. And maybe the new coaching staff maybe coaches a couple of wings out of them because the players that are left will want to be there, and maybe they kind of do a little bit better at perception. So I wasn't willing to hang around with Louisville, but uh, the other day on Daily Wage, I was talking about Kansas, and they're at three. And uh, I don't see how, I mean, they could, but you're talking about a team that's won two big 12 games in the last four years. And that's what it's going to take uh, to get to four, because assume they beat Indiana State, assume they beat Western Kentucky, that's two. You got to find two more wins. They're not going to win a road game. They're not going to beat Oklahoma at home. So you, you're talking about, uh, they're going to have to beat uh, two get two wins amongst home West Virginia, home Texas Tech, home K State, home Baylor, and they're probably going to be a double digit dog in each. They got a JUCO kid coming in at quarterback. Both both lines are uh, in, in disarray. Again, this, this could come in on three and push, but I, I see a very small chance it gets to four. And, and, and a good chance they go winless in the Big Twelve again. Man, so, Kansas is another one out there. You might want to, just, if you want to have, a, if you have a little, little money, a little throwaway money, you want to have some <laughs> fun and, and, and be a little contrarian on a less miles on a parade. Poor Kansas. The under on Kansas at three. <laughs> uh, let's let's review the eight prior to that one. There's your bonus uh, team on on uh, the Jayhawks. There. These are Chris Felix's college football win total plays, and of course we will track these and we will grade these. Uh, and if you have more between now and the beginning of the season, of course uh, you're always welcome to come and uh, share with us. But these are already bet. Well, as soon as we as soon as we get as soon as we get Max Sundown on Conference USA, I will happily come on. Yes. Okay, for that. These are already bet by Chris. Uh, Notre Dame under nine and a half. Ohio State over nine and a half. Texas the under nine and a half. Florida under nine. BC under six and a half. Cal under six. Wake over five and a half. Georgia Tech under four. I am with him on four of these. I have also uh, jumped in on the unders. I'm on a, I, I must be getting old and curmudgeonly because when I am analyzing teams, <laughs> I am like on a, such an under train. Like I have to stop myself and be like, you realize, Gil, like, like they all can't be under. Uh, but Notre Dame, Texas, Florida, Cal. Those are my four. Notre Dame, Texas, Florida, Cal. And I think if you had to ask me, what do you like the best of the bunch? For me, it's Florida and Cal. So we shall see. Chris? I appreciate it, man. We didn't expect to keep you this long. Of course. But uh, we get to have you back on Wednesday. We'll talk uh, Open Championship on Wednesday with you. How about that? Exactly. Exactly. I'll I'll turn it over now to a much smarter individual than me with with Mr. Oxbrough. (laughs) I will will be listening. Well, he's smarter than all of us, Chris. That's for sure. Chris, thank you, man. Appreciate it. Take care. We'll talk to you Wednesday. The great Chris Felica. Again, daily daily wager on ESPN News, uh, 3 p.m. Pacific, 6 p.m. Eastern, Monday through Friday, as well as uh, his role on game day. And, of course, the Stanford Steve and the Bear podcast, which you can uh, access where all podcasts are distributed.
at Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. We are the voice of NASCAR. The green flag is in the air, and we are underway. The great American race. The Motor Racing Network. NASCAR Cup, Xfinity, and Craftsman Truck Series Racing. Live on your hometown radio station and MRN or NASCAR.com. Martinsville, Talladega, the Chicago Street Course. We have the side-by-side action, and last lap passes for the win. Photo finishes. Ryan Blaney will win. The voice of NASCAR, the Motor Racing Network. Network.